Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Take that group of four, put them with that group of four, and we'll play the same game 4v4. Rugby Coach Weekly presents The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root, cut out the fluff, and challenge the masters of their domain to cut to the chase. Welcome to The Coaching Knife, when we cut to the root of the matter. In this episode, we speak to Neil Wilkinson, also known as Wilco, senior coach at Sidcup Rugby, as well as delivering rugby in schools. Focusing on coaching large groups, we're going to cut to the root on how to make training a good experience for everyone. Wilco, are you ready for the knife? I think so. I hope so. I hope so too. How do you start a coaching session with a large group? That's a really good question. So in my experience of coaching large groups, the key thing is is smaller groups, groups within groups. Okay, so large... you say smaller groups, but you've got, you've got a large group to start off with. Sure. So how are you going to deal with that? Uh, I'll explain to the group what the activity is going to be. I'll how long will, how long would you explain for? As short time as possible. Okay, what short time? Is that a minute, 30 seconds? Uh, ultimately, anywhere between uh, 30 seconds would be ideal. It might take a minute, and I typically throw in a demonstration, but I'm going to get the participants to do the demonstration. I'll ask them to get into pairs. I'll try and get one ball between two so people are working in pairs. We'll have some sort of warm-up activity that the pairs can do, and those pairs will then go ahead and um, and do. they'll see the activity. They'll see their, their peers do an activity, so I'll get a couple of the participants to take part, and then everyone will emulate activity for a minute or two or, or three or four, however long it takes. Well, I'm really, sorry, I'm really interested in how you actually start this activity. So yeah. what are your words? Well, let's imagine we're in front of, say, 30, 30 players. Sure. What are you going to say? Uh, grab a partner. Once you've grabbed a partner, one of you is, and I don't use one and two or A and B, because the people start to get a bit funny about I'm number one, you're number two, I'm better than yes. you. Um, I'm going through fruit at the moment. I go through different phrases, phases. So at the moment, I'm into fruit. And I might pick something regular like apple and oranges or bananas and pears. Yeah. Um, today, I use guava half just because I just want to be different. Uh, and no one can then decide that, uh, you know, someone might decide that an apple is better than a pear, but it doesn't really matter. So, so you're initially, you start off, you, you're with the group. They, they obviously know you. You're not, you're not, yeah. this is not with a group that uh, they haven't seen you before. You say, uh, right, first thing we're going to do is I want to grab, grab a partner and you're going to give yeah. the name of the fruit. So yeah. that, that's not, that's only about 15, that's 10 seconds. Yeah. Is, is that it? No, nope. I'll ask one of, I'll, I'll pick a particular. So let's just say one of them is guava half, the other one's uh, an apple. I'll go guava halves, go get a ball. I'll come and get a ball from the, the bag. So now there's a ball between each two and you've got half as many people trying to retrieve a ball and, and not two pairs with two balls. They've got one ball between each pair. Right. Okay, so just, can I stop you here? So you've, yeah. um, you've been coaching for a very long time, a very experienced coach. You yeah. know that you've set, the, put those balls in a certain place. So it's not going to cause, cause too much time between getting the balls and be in so yeah where, where are the balls typically just off to the side they might be in the bag still and i might make them i might have them come to the bag to get the balls or i'll just put them in a stack somewhere or, or they might still be distributed from a previous session so the previous session might have just left the balls wherever they might be and then they've got to go and find them now we know that uh, the circuit area is one of the richest in the whole wide world so it's pretty much a ball per player so in slightly uh, less um resourced areas what happens if you go and have a ball per, pla- per pair what are you going to do next uh, I'll make fours. Right. Okay. Okay. So we got the we got the got the uh, the ball prepare. 
What happens yeah. next? Uh, I'll ask a pair who wants to demonstrate. I'll bring that pair out. I'll ask them to show them what I want them to do. I'll ask everyone if they've got that. So that little check of understanding, you know, what you're going to do, what you're going to do, what do they do? When okay, they so what, 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 give us an example of what they're going to do. So um, uh, in the last couple of days, give me an example of something you got them to do and how did that work? So a warm-up game where they're, uh, they've got ball in hand. One partner is going to run with the ball and the other partner is going to try and tap that partner on the hip. When they tap them on the hip, the person with the ball puts the ball down, scores a try for want of a better expression, leaves the ball on the ground, the person who tapped them on the hip picks it up, and they reverse rolls, off they go. So we've got a group of 30, how big is this area? It, it very much depends on, on where I am. If I'm in a school, then it's going to be whatever they've given me, the playground. But for 30 people, I've worked in a tiny little hall, and we've done it walking. Um, another school used a park. So All right, so that's interesting, you've done walking. So yeah. uh, why walking, and what's the advantages and disadvantages of that? Uh, walking in a small space means there's less risk of collision and people running into the walls of each other so there's, it's safer okay and uh, the, the players understand that and will continue to be happy with that yeah because it, it's still the same goal they're trying to evade each other and because there are people in the way they're evading people in front and that aren't participating in what they're doing as an activity as a pair but equally um, the person who's trying to to chase the chaser without the ball, they're having to avoid people as well and get around them to get that person. So whether it's walking or running, it's still a challenge. Right. Okay, yeah. so they're, they're off, off they go. They're, off the, they're doing this. Uh, where are you? What are you saying? How long is it going for? I'll move around. So in, in usual coaching style, it's about observing from different directions. I use a reference of putting the oil on the squeaky wheel. So you look and observe who's doing what. Um, there may be a misunderstanding. The person without the ball is being chased by the person with the ball. And you'll identify that and, and correct it. And some people might be running out of the area, so I'll identify that and correct it. And some people might be acting in a not safe way, so it's walking activity. Some people are running, some people aren't. Uh, okay, oh, great, great. So you, you've got some observations. What yeah. are you saying? How are you saying it? Because are you a drill sergeant? Are you paternalistic or are you just uh, smile and uh, let it go? If it's an isolated incidence of a pair, I'll identify that pair and bring them to one side and explain what, the, what, what they could do better. Just a minute. So you're bringing, a, you're bringing a pair to the side. You've got 28 others running around. Yep. That seems like uh, that's 28 others who could be doing horrendous things and you are concentrating on the pair. No, the, 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 I'll, if it's just two that I've identified, mm. then I'll take those two apart. If it's a commonality amongst a, a number of people, a trend, if you like, mm. I'll pause the game. I'll stop the game for a moment. I'll reiterate or reinforce a few points or a couple of observations I've seen. And then we'll restart. Now, you've given them a very simple task to start off with, which is uh, one player runs away from the other, and if they get tagged, they put the ball down. How much coaching information are you adding in, or is this just a warm-up? This is just a warm-up, but if we use it as a warm-up regularly, and bear in mind I'm I'm typically with people week after week, you might build on activity, talk about the fact that the idea is you're trying to evade people in front of you. We talk about the various movements that people are, are, are doing to achieve avoiding other people. So some people might stop and go. Some people might sidestep. Okay, so you, 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 you picked out some points. Okay, so you've got a sort of a bit of a template on things that you want them to be doing and not doing. Just quickly, are they allowed to run with the ball in one hand? To begin with, yes. And then we talk about in, in following sessions, we talk about the advantage of running with the ball in two hands versus one hand. Okay, great. So we're off, off we go. We've been, we're doing the warm up. How long has this been going on for? It'll be a few minutes. 
and we'll stop and we, we readjust and typically I'll pause after a minute or two because there may be a pair who never catch each other so mm-hmm. I say look if you're not caught your partner swap the ball but you know it'd be a three or four minute maybe a five minute warm up for people running around okay right so if five minutes is gone what happens next uh, we'll come back together again what I've started to do recently is I'll ask them to stand together um, typically there's a line I've put a line of cones out or there'll be a line on a playground that's painted or a line on a pitch that's painted I'll ask them to stand on the line I'll ask one to stand behind the other so I might ask oranges to stand behind guava halves. so if you've got 30 people rather than have 30 people in line in front of you on a big crowd you've now got 15 people in front of you one person behind you everyone's a little bit closer together you don't have to raise your voice so much okay. people can hear better uh, just a sec so you've got one person behind the other would, would the person behind not be able to see you I mean everyone can't no one can miss you because of your um, extraordinary hat Thank efforts you. but what is there a problem with that or is that doesn't really matter they, they, they will typically stand behind if they're taller they will typically stand to one side if they can't see over or past okay them. fine as, as long as uh, as long as uh, you because you're obviously experienced you're seeing this it doesn't matter too much in this particular case okay great so you've got them 15 in the front 15 in the back all focused in on you. What happens next? We move on to the next activity. And again, I'll bring out two peers. Uh, after we've reviewed that, so we'll talk about uh, movement and direction and, and so on and sidesteps, things like that. And we'll move on to the next activity. That next activity might involve passing. I'll explain how to pass the ball. I'll explain how to catch the ball. And bear in mind, I'm introducing rugby to new people very often in school. Mm. And then I'll give them the opportunity to experience that. They'll go away and they might make 10 or 20 passes, depending on their experience of the sport or uh, their age. So what's your what's your instruction to them? You're saying, right, we've got a, you've got a, a ball, ball and a pair. Let's assume everyone's uh, this pair has got a ball. What's your instruction once you've done the demonstration to get to the next stage? Uh, find some space for your partner. Make 20 passes when you finish. Put your hand in it. Right, okay. And um, how far typically do you want them to be apart? They will find their own distance. And again, going back to the squeaky wheel, I might see a pair that are ridiculously too far apart and aren't being very successful in catching passing. And I'll talk to them as an individual. I might see it being a common trend, in which case I might pause the activity, raise the question, are you too and, far and, apart? Okay, and they're static and they're, they're doing this. Okay, so... Limited we, time, yeah. Yeah, okay, fine. So we, we've done that. Uh, how long has that gone for? Until they've done a 20... Until they've done the 20 passes. 20 passes. So you've got... You've got um, most of the pairs have done 20 passes. You may have just given a few bit... A bit of latitude, perhaps. Then what happens? I'll then ask a pair to stay with their partner. I may make them hold hands if they're children. I'll ask them to find another pair. And then one pair will race the other pair. First pair to make 10 passes win. Right. Okay. So a bit of, bit of a race. I enjoy this. And uh, what do the winners get? Um, well, they'll get to put the hand up first. And, and uh, hand do you, first, uh, they're the ones. And, that... and how do you react to that? Uh, do, you, do you celebrate it? Do you, do you make any comments or do you just um, observe and let it happen? Let it happen. Okay, so we've done we've had we had a bit of passing race. At any stage, are you adding in any observations or technical points? Uh, there'll, there'll be some instructions before on how to pass the ball and how to catch the ball, right. I, and I can be implicit about those now if you if you choose. But I, I make it very clear on this is how you catch a ball. This is how you pass. Okay, so uh, if we're doing we're doing an exercise, there is a bit of uh, instruction beforehand on how to do it, and then off off they go, and and perhaps some demonstration. Okay, so they're now in fours. They've done some passing races. What happens next? We turn the passing races into a game. So whoever's won the race retains the ball. The other pair put their ball down. And now the pair with the ball have to make three passes and the other, ball, other pair get the opportunity to try and catch that ball that's in the air. All right. OK, so at the moment, all I can see is um, a whole group of 30 kids in, in the area you have. And it, look, it looks like chaos. So how, how does this look like? What is, how is this um, organised? At the moment... 
each pair are focusing on their own isolated activity. One pair is going to be passing the ball, the other pair is going to be trying to get the ball. They get the ball, they get to pass the ball, and the role's reversed. That's all yeah, but so uh, how about whether, uh, so I've got four in part A or area A of the, the box. Yep. Can someone from another pair accidentally wander into this area or have you sectioned it off? It's just one big area. They, they work area. in the area. Uh, so that adds to the, the, the chaos and what's going on. So uh, just to reiterate. dynamic then, environment, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, they, there's, um, I'm, I'm enjoying the dynamic environment. Uh, stuff uh, I've, I've stolen that from uh, Earth, sure. All right. Okay. So you're in a dynamic environment. Lots of things are going on. What you, and they've got to get three consecutive passes. And uh, so what are the rules then of this? Because uh, are you allowed to grab the player? You're allowed to rip the ball off them? How, how do you stop the, them making the three passes? You've got to catch the ball when it's in the air. Right. You can move anywhere you want. Okay, so what? Uh, so if I try and make them pass to someone else and one of the opposition player knocks it down, what happens next? The ball goes on the ground, it goes to the other pair. Right, okay. All right. And how close can they get? Uh, as long as the ball goes through the air. No, no. How close can the defender get to the ball carry? as close as they need to be to catch the ball when it's in the air. So so a defender could actually go and grab a ball carrier? They can grab the ball when it's in the air. So when no, the grab the ball carry. They can't grab oh, the ball oh, no, carry. No, they, they're catching the ball. Right, OK. So I, I can stand right in your face and try and block you then? Sure, but then then that teaches the player with the ball to move. Right, OK, fine. Right, so uh, in these sorts of things, uh, you're going to have 30 players, you're going to have a massive range of ability. How do you deal with that? Because that's one of the, uh, the, the the difficulties of working with a large group. I can see we've got a great experience going on now, but you're going to have um, player A, who is uh, sort of like a first teamer, and player B, who is like a, a fourth teamer. How, how are you going to make that a good experience for them? Uh, so pairs usually pair with their friend or with someone who's usually of an equal standard, typically. Not yeah. necessarily, but generally. And when we do the passing race and the pair that, that pass quickest put their hand in the air, I typically then make people who have got their hand in the air go with people who've got their hand in the air. So you're now matching right. skill sets. People without the hand in the air go with people without the hand in the air. So right. okay, that. so this is a really key point then. So you're observing, you're seeing where you need to start right. pairing players up who need to have a have a greater challenge. <laughs> All right. So we've been we played we played this game. It's a, like a four a four v four. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Two v two catch catch game. How long does this run for? Two, two or three minutes. It doesn't need to be long. And we we try to move away from piggy in the middle into you need to move into space to pass the ball before the defender gets to you. And I yeah. encourage players to run towards each other rather than run away or stand at a distance that they can't pass. Because typically right. players will stand a very long way away. The interceptors will stand in between them, and it becomes impossible to pass the ball both both because of the length of the pass and also because there's two people trying to catch it in the okay, middle. Okay, so we got the game, and uh, there's the technical part of it, and it's yeah. gone it's gone on for two three minutes. What happens next? You've you've had uh, two big two exactly the same game. There are now one side of the rectangle. Right, right. So I'm going to have to rewind one bit. That so anyone who's uh, thinking mathematically now says you've got thirty players, yeah. uh, and that means uh, seven. Seven fours and one pair left over. So what does that pair left over do? I will either work with that pair to give them some focused attention mm. or I'll bring that pair to another four and I'll play exactly the same game three on three. Three on three. So, and if there's an odd number, let's say there's 29 players, there's one player in to make a 3v2. Right. Okay. So we've got, uh, we've, we've got the pairs game that what happens next? So same game. I will typically, in the rectangle of whatever area we're working in, one side will be one colour, one will be another colour, let's just say uh, blue and yellow. After the three passes, you can run and score. The, the pair can't intercept the ball anymore because it's no longer in the air. So you made your three passes, there's your success, run and score a try. Everyone knows how to score a try because we've been doing that in the earlier game, right, pushing okay. the ball into the ground. 
So the only opportunity to contest possession is when the ball is being passed in the air. After that, the other pair get to score. Right. So this is the this is the the extension. So where are players going to stand? So typically they will start to learn that if I'm going to run in that direction, I'll face the direction I need to run in. So if I'm scoring at um, so blue and yellow, didn't I? If I'm mm. scoring at blue, I'm going to face blue. Mm. And if I'm scoring at yellow, I'm going to face yellow. And they can pass in any direction? For the time being, yeah. Uh, okay, okay so we've, we've played that. So uh, it's a 2v2, a, a wrinkle on the 2v2, then what happens? So we'll then take that group of four, put them with that group of four, and we'll play the same game 4v4. Right, okay. Uh, passes forward, backwards? Again, when, we, when we're introducing the game early on, it will be any direction. Uh, we'll reinforce if you're trying to score at blue, you're passing towards yellow. If you're trying to score at yellow, you're passing towards blue. OK, great. So we've got, we got 4v4, we've got some extra rules in. Then what happens? We'll add one more element, which is if you tap the person with the... Uh, so after the three passes, yeah. if you tap the person on the hip who's carrying the ball, yeah. you win the ball. So we've got no rule on the 4v4. So we played yeah. 4v4 with a couple of rules. Once everyone understands that game, because it's 4v4, at any one time, eight people can play on their own. So you set up an area for eight people to play. You set up an area for another eight people to play and they remain to play with you. Right. Okay. And this is how I start. Okay. So what you have is you've got three games going on. One where you're focused on coaching and two two other games. Great. Wilco, you've sorted out a group who are now uh, 30 players. You've got these games going. This is fantastic. There's a lot more to add to that, but we're going to finish there. All right. So Wilco is the level two coach and referee. He also coaches in schools, as I've said before. And interestingly, he's the director of rugby at the Bromley Bengals Rugby League team. His philosophy is to give every person, regardless of gender, age, sexual orientation, background or heritage, a positive experience of rugby union, rugby league and scarily martial arts in a fun, safe environment, which allows participants to make an informed decision whether uh, those sports are the sport for them. He does not believe in forcing something. He wants to help anyone he coaches be the best possible version of themselves. So that might mean guiding a player towards a sport which might be a better fit for them. For example, a sprinter could be a world-class winger. Conversely, a great winger could be a world-class sprinter. Or a great forward could be a world-class bobsleigh crew member. There is hope for you yet for the Winter Olympics. Welcome. So if you want to contact him and find out more, you can get to him on Twitter. He is at Nick underscore Wilco underscore. So we're going to finish with some quick-fire questions. Wilco, how old are you? I'm 54. 54. Right. What coaching book is by your bedside? Um, I, I'm typically what book, what book or anything, actually? Yeah, not a big reader. Love audio books. So I wake my way through podcasts. So, you know, Rugby Coach Weekly podcast, the um, good man. Coach Weekly podcasts, other podcasts are also available. All right. Good, good. We like that. Good, uh, good plug. Which coach, teacher are you loving at the moment? I enjoy the work of Russell Earnshaw. Mentioned him before. Richard Cheatham. Brilliant. But I look around at the people I coach alongside with and I learn a lot from them and typically from the people I am coaching. Right. Okay. Which team sport subject would you love to coach at the moment? I quite like the idea of basketball. I don't know why. It's kind of, you know, when something appeals to you and you can't put your finger on why, it kind of does. So there you go. Basketball. Okay. Who's inspired you most? Crikey. I've thought long and hard about this. Uh, If it doesn't sound too corny, my father, my father was a very generous man. He was in the scouting movement for something like 70 plus years of his 80 odd years uh, on this planet. He couldn't do enough for people. And um, I just want to, I think I want to be as 
the best version of myself I can be and be that generous person. Oh, that's lovely. I like that. And what would you tell your 20-year-old self to do more of? Yeah, so I did a lot of martial arts at 20 and not so much rugby. If I knew I'd been in quite so much rugby, I might have focused more on rugby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so change your sport at 20. Wilco, it's been a great pleasure. Really enjoyed that. And uh, thank you very much for being on The Knife. Thank you very much. 